0: There was a man who ran and ran and ran. He was carrying an important message to a place called Marathon. He ran over 26 miles with this important message that had to be gotten there. And in delivering that, it was the end. In memorializing that run, we have people who are crazy they will run 26.2 miles with no message to deliver. (laughs) Why would you do that? I have a daughter and daughter-in-law who have run uh, the Free Press Marathon in Detroit. They cannot breathe when they're done. And by the way, they don't look very pretty either. (laughs) Just saying. When we come to Good Friday, it's an incredibly difficult time of the church here because it's bittersweet. What was it that turned the most awful day in history into what we now call Good Friday? In John chapter 19, The last part of verse thirty, scripture says this. Jesus said, "It is finished." All right, can you say that with me? It It is finished. finished. Now, just so you don't fall asleep during this, you got to remember that. And and when I get to a pause, all right, maybe I better signal you. (laughs) But I want you to say, "It It is is finished." Can you do that one more time without me? It is oh, you are wonderful. I just want you to know this side is much better than you. Can you give me one over here? <laughs> You've even got the kids. There should be more energy coming from this side. Can, can you give me one? It, it is finished. finished. Thank you. Jesus spoke those words, and many times we hear a phrase but we don't ever think it all the way through what did he mean when he said it is finished this is a man who had endured such terrible things in heading to this moment now the decision to come to this moment had been made the night before in gethsemane as he wrestled and asked god if it were possible to take this cup from Him. Yet not My will, but Your will be done. And as He wrestled with that three different times, shedding sweat that was like drops of blood, He came to the point of knowing that there was no other way. That what He had to do was what He'd known all along that he would have to go to the cross. Now, he had spoken to the apostles three different times about the need for that, about being flogged and crucified and raised from the dead. Now, it's amazing to me that following the death of Jesus, even though they'd heard it three different times, their brains leaped. Because after Jesus dies, they have no hope of Him returning. Even though He said that He'll raise. But it wasn't just the strain of Gethsemane. Because there, His disappointment with the inner circle, the three who had come with Him, to pray, to hold him up during those moments, fell asleep. Could you not wait with me one hour? And then he says to them, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation, knowing that in spite of his words, they would fall. But that wasn't all that happened before he got to the cross. Because then Judas came with a whole batch of soldiers. And this is like a hundred soldiers coming. And they get there, and Judas gives him a kiss, a greeting. And he's told them that the one that I kiss, he's the guy. And Jesus knows what's coming. He's already talked to Judas at the Last Supper, at the Passover meal. and told him, what you do, do quickly. And the time comes, and there it's happening. But he's not alone. He's got weapons and a small army behind him to take this Jesus into custody. Jesus points out, (laughs) I've been teaching. I've been teaching in different places. You could have taken me at any time. But when he gets to that, and they come to him, it says that all the soldiers fell back on the ground in John the 19th chapter and as they did can you imagine Jesus is right there they're coming for him he says I'm the one and they fall to the ground now Peter being a lousy swordsman pulls out his sword and misses the target, only catching an ear. Now, think about that. Can you imagine anybody with a sword thinking, I just want to catch his ear, just get his attention? No. But he got an ear anyway. And Jesus said, this is enough. And how would it mess with your mind if you've been one of the soldiers, you've already been overwhelmed by the aura that Jesus has that Jesus has that Jesus has overwhelmed them with. And now this one of your troop has his ear cut off and Jesus says, that's enough. And he takes the ear and places it back on the head. Superglues it. All right, maybe he didn't superglue it. He heals him. If you're in the soldier battery, it makes no sense. Because he obviously has power over us. And as he comes to that point, he goes with them, but asks specifically that the rest of the apostles be let go. And so it happens. But he's not done, he gets taken to Annas, the former high priest but the power behind the high priesthood. And there, from there he goes to Caiaphas, the high priest at that time, then to the Sanhedrin, and they've determined that they want him killed, but they don't have legal power to do that. The Roman government has to make that call and declare that death is his destiny. And so... After the Sanhedrin, he's taken to Pilate. And Pilate realizes that Jesus has done nothing worthy of death. And the struggle there is this Pilate knows what their hope is, he knows they're wrong. And he tries to escape. First, by sending him to Herod because he hears that Jesus has been to Galilee or has has come from Galilee, and Herod has jurisdiction over him. And as a result, he sends him to Herod. Herod is so glad to see Jesus because he's been wanting to see him so he could see a miracle. Uh, Jesus does not oblige him, and Herod sends him back to Pilate now Pilate's really in a mess because he's got all kinds of pressure because the religious leaders and the priests are coming to him and pressuring him saying that he needs to die that he's created a sedition a rebellion against Caesar. That he's trying to get people not to have to pay taxes to Caesar. And so he's obviously against the Roman government. He should be killed. But Pilate, as he questions him, finds that that's not true at all. You see, he knows just from talking with Jesus. He recognizes that Jesus... Is different than any other person he's ever come in contact with he is not afraid when Pilate reminds him he has life and death authority over him Jesus responses you would have no authority except because my father gives it to you if you're Pilate would that make you a little nervous maybe not because he hasn't expressed that kind of understanding yet. But he does know that he's got to get out of this. And so he says to them, he'll punish him and let him go. But the crowd, many of whom the week before, were calling him the Son of David, Messiah, the King. Now, pressure Pilate, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And then, Pilate comes up with another attempt to avoid making this decision in a public place. He's got a great idea. He brings a murderer and one who's incited a rebellion out before them and their tradition is that one prisoner is allowed to go. Barabbas was the worst of the worst. He knew that he had come up with an infallible plan. There was no way they would release Barabbas until they did. And again, that same crowd who had cheered for Jesus were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. After they've yelled, Barabbas, Barabbas, release Barabbas. And what shall I do with him? Crucify him. He's been beaten in a way that we can't even fathom today because we don't believe in cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know about you, when I was growing up, what my dad did in reminding me what I needed to be doing, I think was cruel and unusual punishment. But in that situation, They flog him with a cat of nine tails, and they've got all kinds of stuff, metal and stones wrapped in the ends, tears across his flesh. And because it's a Roman flogging, it's not limited the same way the Jews' flogging is, which is limited to 39 times. And many people died under that flogging. And he's beaten within an inch of his life and then told to carry his cross to a place called Calvary. And there, the crucifixion begins. And as He goes through this time on the cross, beginning at 9 in the morning, there are those who are insulting Him. Those who are saying, you saved others. Save yourself. And they mocked Him. And they spit on Him. And just as we saw in that video, Jesus' love was far beyond our comprehension. With the power to come down from the cross, He instead loved us so much that He remained in place and darkness comes over the land from noon to three. And just before the end of that darkness, he says, It is finished. Now, what's finished? I've already described what the pain was many times from the cross we don't realize it because we think of the cross as being something that would cause you to die of a loss of blood remember he's also got the crown of thorns on his head but it's not that what gets people is that they are asphyxiated because when their feet are nailed they have to push up to be able to get air and what happens is as you are on the cross for a greater and greater amount of time you have nothing left no strength and suddenly you're no longer able to push up you can understand why the romans came to the other excuse me came to the other thieves wanting to break their legs to speed the process so that they could not push up in that way and for jesus when he said it is finished the pain was at an end say with me it is finished because it wasn't just the pain that was gone it was a separation from god Think about that. This is one who has walked with the power and presence of God constantly through his life. He says that he speaks only what the Father tells him to speak. That he does the things that the Father does. And now he's come to a point where all the sin of the world is upon him. And that sin of the world may have been what caused the darkness That God Himself could not look on him because he carried that sin. And in those three hours, that pain was nothing compared to the separation from God that he felt. We see words that we think of as, as very depressing When Jesus speaks, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that's a scripture from the Old Testament, a lament, that in the struggle, it seemed like God wasn't there. Instead, knowing that he is, but at that moment, it doesn't feel like it. You may have been there before, In that moment, Jesus was. Would you say with me? It is finished. Now let me pull this all together because His time on the cross wasn't just so that there could one day be a movie that Jim Caviezel would become famous for. Or that we'd learn more about Mel Gibson than we ever wanted to. It was because it it is finished meant his sinless life was completed. Throughout his time on earth, he had not sinned. And Hebrews, the fourth chapter, talks about he was tempted in every way like as we are, yet he was without sin. Sinless sin sacrifice throughout the old testament the first covenant the old covenant was established and sin was paid for once a year there was a day of atonement and that day of atonement featured the high priest going to the most holy place the only time all year and he had to go in with blood paying for his sin as well as the sins of the people they had bells on his clothes so they could make sure he was still alive because it was such an amazing thing to have to be in the presence of God. So awe-inspiring that it could end his life if he had not prepared for that moment. And it had a rope around his ankle because in case that happened, somebody had to pull him out and nobody else could go in. Jesus' death, his sinless sacrifice, replaced the sacrifices that had to be made over and over. Because what is said is the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. But we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10 that Jesus' sinless sacrifice created the New Covenant and its establishment. And that time where bulls and goats' blood had to be offered was no more. Because Jesus now had made a way. He was the mediator of the New Covenant. And His sinless sacrifice meant this it meant that all our sin could be forgiven and he didn't have to go back and die over and over because he died once and after that comes the judgment because of his sinless sacrifice the old covenant passed away and the new covenant was in place it is finished his marathon was finished. The message that his life had intended to convey was carried out, and that message was delivered as the cross was emptied. It's why our our icons of Good Friday and Easter Sunday Are an empty cross and a borrowed tomb. Because his message had been lived out, and it had been completed and delivered. You see, his marathon was not about just getting to the end. He was one that had a message that had to be delivered. And in coming... To the end of his time on the cross he delivered it for you and me